Welcome to the Sports Business Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Berger. You can find the Sports Business Radio Podcast over 14 years, 500 episodes featuring conversations with people like Mark Cuban, David Stern, Jeannie Buss, Charles Barkley, Jack Nicholas, and Kyrie Irving on iTunes or at sportsbusinessradio.com. We're ranked in the top 100 of the business news podcast section on iTunes. Follow us in between podcasts on Twitter at SB Radio. We've been named a top 50 followed by Forbes.com for three consecutive years and on Instagram at Sports Business Radio. Thanks for joining us on this week's edition of Sports Business Radio, presented by our friends at Boingo. If you need to get connected, if you're a venue, if you're an airport, you want to get connected, have the best Wi-Fi, call our friends at Boingo. Go to boingo.com or follow them on Twitter at Boingo. They work with the Atlanta Hawks, the Utah Jazz. They took Soldier Field and the Chicago Bears and brought them into the modern ages. I know there's a lot of people that listen to this show that run venues. And if you need connectivity at your venue, you want to contact our friends at Boingo Wireless. Lots to talk about on today's show. I'm joined in studio by our executive producer, Brian Griggs. Griggs, how's it going? I'm good. It just seems like we've had some awesome shows lately. It's like a whirlwind of SBR. We have. (laughs) I mean, Michael Vick and uh, Andre Iguodala and and just some really great guests. Brian Windhorst from ESPN last week. Right. So we thought we'd take a week off with a guest and uh, we're going to bring you some audio from the orange carpet, not the red carpet from Los Angeles from the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Sports Awards. That was an experience that we'll talk about here in a minute. Uh, my daughter Sophia and I went down, and she conducted some interviews. Uh, so we'll talk about those momentarily. But, uh, yeah, lots to talk about in the sports business world. And, uh, you know, you and I will uh, chop it up today a little sure, bit. Sure, sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. So, all right. Let's talk about some headlines of the week before we get into our orange carpet experience in Los Angeles this past week. First of all, British Open, Griggs, and Francisco Molinari wins, and he's the first Italian to win a golf major, which I was really surprised by that. Like yeah. I, I would have thought in the history of golf that someone from Italy had won a major before, but uh, that was not the case. He was great in the final round, but the biggest winner of the tournament was Tiger Woods. I mean, here's a guy who had, you know, several back surgeries. Most people thought he won't be competitive in a major again. And here he is on Sunday at one point in the lead. And he did really well. And, you know, the ratings for NBC, they were the other winner of this. So highest ratings for the Open Championship in 18 years. The final round earned a 5 overnight rating that tied the highest rated final overnight since Tiger completed the career Grand Slam at the old course in St. Andrews in 2000 and his win at Royal Birkdale in 2006. Streaming was also up 67%, 33.9 million minutes on Sunday with 125 million total minutes streamed. It was the most streamed golf event ever for NBC Sports. So, you know, NBC loved the fact that Tiger was on the leaderboard. He was competitive. I mean, at one point you had Jordan Spieth, you had Tiger Woods, you had Rory McIlroy, some of the biggest names in golf on that leaderboard. And it was like the sports world stopped, Greg. I mean, if you were on Twitter and you were reading tweets from other athletes from other sports, everyone was like, oh my gosh, is Tiger going to get his 15th major? He didn't. But 
Boy, he he took us on an enjoyable ride at the British Open. Yeah, it was great. And uh, you you see all those rating statistics too. And remember the British? I mean, I was up at four a.m. You had to actually adjust your clock to right. try and watch the sh- the show or the the tournament, which is cool that that many people got up early on yeah. the West Coast. It was I think four a.m. We started over here, and uh, yeah, it was fun. I mean, Tiger's changed too. He's more personable. He's easier to watch for me because he's even his press conferences. He's joking with himself. He's laughing at himself. He's you know oh, I messed up on that one. I love how he's become more human through yeah. this whole process yeah. and it was awesome to have him on the leaderboard I mean obviously everybody wants to see him you know see if they can get the next if he can get his other major it was fun to watch isn't it interesting how everyone loves a comeback story oh yeah and they want Tiger to win I mean you know gosh eight years ago people were calling Tiger every name in the book right. for what he did um, even you know a few years ago the, the stuff with the painkillers and uh, you know, he's had a tough road back. So it was neat to see him get back to that moment and appreciate the moment. Like the old Tiger would have been like, well, I didn't have my A game today and I had my B game and I didn't get it done. And right. you know, he would have given you the talking points. Now he was like, you know what? Pretty remarkable that I'm even back at this place. Mm-hmm. I appreciate being back here and being in a position to compete for a major. And he didn't win. But my other takeaway from this, too, was Tiger, and I tweeted this out, for so long, Tiger made winning golf majors look easy. It was just like every time Tiger got on the course, you thought, Tiger's going to win. Whether it was a major or any golf tournament, Tiger's the best player in the course. You expected him to win, and if he didn't win, it was a surprise. Mm -hmm. It is hard to win majors. He's got 14. I don't think there's any way in the world he's going to catch Jack at 18. Um, and the remarkable thing about Jack Nicholas when he was on this show years ago, he finished second nine times in majors. <laughs> so if he wins half of those, I mean, he's at over, you know, 23, 24 majors. So that's a record that Amazing. it's, it's going to be tough to break. Uh, I don't think Tiger's going to get there, but it'd be great to see him win one more. But the nice thing is you can tell that Tiger isn't having the physical problems that he was having it looks like you know his putting was really good so i think his his mental part of his game is back um so it, it was fun it was an enjoyable thing to watch all right other big news since our last podcast of course we have brian winhorst on in the very next day Kawhi leonard gets traded for demar Derozan, one of the biggest trades we've seen in a while two superstars being traded for each other Look, Kawhi was done in San Antonio. They weren't going to go into the season with him on the roster. The thing here that stung for DeMar DeRozan is, according to reports, the GM of the team had said, look, DeMar, we're not going to trade you. You're going to be here. You know, you signed that big contract. Here's what we expect from you for the upcoming year. DeMar DeRozan thought he was going to be a Raptor for life. And then the next week he gets traded for Kawhi. I see what Toronto's doing. They're basically saying, look, we're going to get Kawhi. We figure he's a top five player. We're going to try and re-sign him like OKC did with Paul George. And if we don't get him to re-sign, we reboot. And we've got you know, three years of DeRozan at $90 million versus one year of Kawhi. If Kawhi walks, we got rid of DeRozan's contract and we can reboot easier than if we had to absorb two more years of DeMar DeRozan after this. And, you know, most people will tell you Kawhi's a better player. He's a 
good two-way player. But DeMar DeRozan's not a bad player, and mm. I think San Antonio actually, for the position they were in, which everyone knew they had to trade Kawhi, they got good value for him. And I think DeRozan will be good on San Antonio. And if I'm DeRozan, I'm excited about two things. One, I'm playing in Texas where there's no state income tax, so I'm actually saving $1.9 million <laughs> nice. per year. That's nice. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing is, you know what? You get to play for Coach Pop. And most of the time, Coach Pop unlocks your best potential. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going to do that with DeRozan. I think we're going to see DeRozan play at a level he hasn't played at because Coach Pop is going to get him to that level. So, big trade. Uh, I still don't think any of it matters because I think Golden State is in the driver's seat unless someone gets hurt. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's an interesting trade to watch. What were your thoughts? It's still hard for me to root for Kawhi just because he, I just have a bad taste in my mouth yeah. for him. I mean, it's just, it's hard. I love Kawhi. I think he's a great player. Yeah. And he was phenomenal before this whole last season. But, uh, it's hard to get on board with him just because you're wondering in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, what's he going to do up there? Is he going to play in Toronto? Is he going to be an ass? Is he going to be cool? Is he going right. to be, it's kind of, uh, it'll be interesting to see how the season starts and how it progresses. Cause in San Antonio last year, he started the season, everything looked great. And all of a sudden, Kapui. Right. So I'm a little bit, you know, lenient and worried about that, but I don't know. I think DeMar's going to do good in, in San Antonio, like you said. I mean, under Pop, he brings the best out of every player. Yeah. And I think you're right. He'll realize when he's there, this is a good spot. I can play for, you know, a Hall of Fame coach. And like you said, in Texas, uh, San Antonio always competes. Um, so it'll be fun to see how those two play on the new teams. Yeah. And the East is wide open. So for Kawhi, you know, he should look at it as, hey, look, this is a pretty easy path to the finals for right. me. You know, obviously you got to beat Boston and Philadelphia, but it's a lot easier than having to go through the West. So, and, you know, hey, show everyone I'm healthy, get that big max deal from the Lakers next year. Maybe there's a chance that Toronto keeps him. No one thought Paul George was going to stay in OKC. Everyone thought he was going to the Lakers and, and he stayed in OKC. So you never know what will happen. I see what the Raptors are doing with this gamble. And it'll be interesting to watch. Uh, but you know, rarely do you see two superstars traded for each other. Right. And uh, this was one of those rare cases. And just breaking as we're recording our show, Griggs, ESPN reports that Kevin Love, Ford of the Cavaliers, now kind of the face of, of that franchise, has signed a four-year, $120 million contract topping out his overall deal at five years, $145 million. So Kevin Love not going anywhere and looks like he's going to be the face of that franchise. Some people thought he'd get traded, but uh looks like he's staying in Cleveland for a while. All right. How about this one, Griggs? So, you know, everyone talked about, oh, the NFL TV ratings were down last year. The NFL is on the decline. The NFL distributed a record $8.1 billion in shared revenue to its teams in 2017, according to the Packers' annual financial release. Remember, the Packers are uh, a publicly owned team, so those financials get released to the public. That's up 5% from 2016. So again, despite all of the controversies with Donald Trump and the TV ratings and even recently, you know, this whole thing with the anthem where the NFL and the NFL Players Association last week said, hey, let's couch this for now. You know, we're not going to find players if they don't stand for the anthem and, and things like that. And by the way, like everyone's talked about this, but I'm just going to weigh on this really quick. The, the pitcher from the Milwaukee Brewers, uh, Josh Hader, I mm-hmm. think is his name. And 
Uh, he had some really, really offensive tweets uh, nine years ago that surfaced while he was on the mound at the All-Star game. Those came out. And then he goes to Milwaukee and he gets a standing ovation. What What's the world that we live in now where that guy gets a standing ovation and the people who are kneeling for injustices around the world are being treated what I think is is pretty poorly. So I, I don't know anymore. I, I you know yeah. <laughs> I, I shake my head at what the response is from fans. I mean, I've always said like no matter what you do off the court, if you can help your team win, most fans are going to support you, which is kind of a sad statement. Um, but in this case, those were such offensive tweets, and he can say he was young and dumb, but my gosh, uh, it was really vile what he said. And then again, you juxtapose that with, you know, players like Malcolm Jenkins and Colin Kaepernick and others who are doing such great things off the field of play to try and make the world a better place and stand up for the injustices that are taking place, and they get booed or they get, uh, you know, uh, penalized for kneeling for the anthem. I don't know. Is there something to the fact that Josh Hader is white and they're black? I don't know. But it's, it's, it, I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. It's weird too. And I think it, it's funny to see, not funny, but how each league is kind of a different perception, you know? Like it's like the NFL with the anthem thing and then you have the fans that have this thought. But then if you switch over to baseball and right. Hader, it's a whole other group of fans that right. have this thought. So it's kind of, I don't know if that's driven by, what fans see in the media, you know, or if they kind of follow along with the news and kind of go with that group and go with that group. But it is weird how each league kind of has their own controversies, quotes, controversies, and how each group of fans kind of handles them differently. Because it's, it's true. It doesn't make sense. Like, in, on paper, these two stories we just talked about, it's like, well, why would they do this with this, with Hater, but not with Kaepernick here? It's weird. Right. And, you know, this Hater story, yes, it was talked about a lot after it happened. People were like, you know, it's one thing if you, like, give him a round of applause. It's another to give him a standing ovation. Right. But because Major League Baseball is Major League Baseball and pretty non-controversial, that story's kind of gone away. Mm-hmm. If this was an NFL story, it would be in the news cycle for yeah. weeks. And look at how long this anthem protest story yeah. for the NFL has lingered. I mean, we're going on almost two seasons now where yeah. this story has lingered. And... You know, it's just, it is, you, you bring up a good point. The NBA versus Major League Baseball versus NHL versus mm-hmm. NFL, how they're covered and how the athletes in those sports are covered. You know, the NBA guys, LeBron and Steph, they can speak out on things and right. they're not seen like Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. They're not seen like Malcolm Jenkins, but the NFL, if anyone speaks out, it's <laughs> like, oh, they're an ingrate or they're, you know, this, that, or the other. And I, I think there is a, a bias, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, speaking of stupid moves, this guy's made them before. <laughs> Ryan Lochte, <laughs> yeah. the Olympic swimmer, posted a photo of himself and I think his girlfriend or wife getting IVs. Okay? <laughs> you can't get an IV... If you're an Olympic athlete or you're a swimmer and the U.S. anti-doping agency noticed and they've now suspended him for 14 months and it's retroactive to, to May 24th. But so the guy basically outed himself. I'm doing something against the rules. I'm going to take a picture of it. I'm going <laughs> to post it on social media like this guy. I don't understand why 
people out there have to post every single thing that they do. Right. And this is one of those things. Why do you need to post a picture of you sitting in a chair getting an IV? First of all, you shouldn't be getting the IV in the first place because you're breaking the rule. Secondly, why would you be so stupid as to post the picture? It's not like someone took the picture and posted it of him. He posted it on his own Instagram page. (laughs) So he basically, like I said, outed himself. He's now suspended for 14 months. He's still... You know, going through a bunch of legal stuff in Brazil for trashing a gas station during the Olympics and, and lying about that. But it falls under the, they never learn. Yeah. And, and this guy's a, a knucklehead as I, as I <laughs> call him. And what? He can't get out of his own way. It's like the guy just, the news kind of goes away with the Olympic thing and then, oh, here he is again. It's almost like he's trying to keep himself, and again, air quotes here, relevant. Right. In the wrong way. Right. But it's like, because swimmers, you know, Olympics, boom, you're front and center for two weeks. Right. And then gone. But this, Ryan kept it going because he was in the Brazil controversy and all that. Now it's like you haven't heard about Phelps or anybody, and all of a sudden here's Lochte again in the news because, hey, I'm an idiot. I don't know. It's just, it's weird, and he needs a little bit of uh, everything's on the record training. I don't even know. (laughs) I know some people that have worked with him, and they're really smart. I don't think he gets it. Yeah. I don't think he gets it. So you can give him all the training in the world. Still do he's it. one of those guys that I just don't think gets it. I don't think he's very bright, and, and I think he makes very poor decisions, and his track record proves that. But a lesson to all of you out there, you don't need to post every single thing that you do on social media. I don't know where this happened. I don't know if it's millennials. I don't know if it's just... The world as it exists today, but the people who feel like they have to post everything they do on social media, and in some cases like this, they out themselves. Why? You know, I've had to have a conversation with unnamed members of my family about if you have political thoughts, if you have religious thoughts, keep them to yourself. Talk to, about them with people. Why do you need to post them on social media? Mm-hmm. Why do you feel you need to change people's minds? Like, you can have conversations about things without making it public. But people feel like they need to air everything that happens to them in a picture or they need to talk about it on Facebook or Twitter and tell you, it's a slippery slope. So, if you put the wrong thing out there or someone disagrees with you or it you know hinders a relationship in some way shape or form a, a working relationship you better be careful cuz it's it's crazy all right let's talk about my trip to Los Angeles because this was an interesting trip first of all Griggs my daughter Sophia and I we went to the Nickelodeon Kids Choice Sports Awards and uh, my friend Joe Favorito, sports PR guru, who is on our uh, steering committee for Sports PR Summit. We were at Sports PR Summit in May. We're at the reception. We're talking. And he's like, hey, you and your daughter should come to the Nickelodeon Kids Choice Sports Awards because he consults to them. And I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah. He goes, it would be a great experience for her. The celebrities will want to talk to her because she's a kid. It's the Kids' Choice Awards. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm always trying to do things to get my daughter uh, experience mm-hmm. and different, you know, whether we go follow around a veterinarian for two days or we, you know, go see pro golfers or we, you know, 
expose them to as many things as possible. Let them choose at the end of the day. But let her get exposure to things. And because of what I do, I'm fortunate that I know some interesting people who can get her exposed to those types of things. So I thought, you know, this is going to be an interesting learning experience for her. Sure, we'll make the trip down to L.A. We'll set up on the red carpet. As people walk by, we'll, we'll interview them. Now, I've never been on a red carpet before, so I'm thinking in my mind how this works, and I talked to Joe a little bit about it. So I'm thinking, you know, you set up on the red carpet, they walk by, and and you do interviews, and you bank some interviews, and we bring them to you here on Sports Business Radio. Griggs, (laughs) not as I thought. Not as I thought at all. First of all, uh, we have to park at a school in Santa Monica. We get on a shuttle bus. They shuttle us to a big white tent where they hold us and all of the media, Entertainment Tonight, People Magazine, Sports Illustrated for Kids, all these outlets for two hours. So you're sitting for two hours waiting to be escorted onto the red carpet. And I'm thinking, okay, cool. We get to go onto the red carpet now. We're going to get our assigned place. No. They put you on the red carpet. First of all, they have like... Uh, all the big outlets in one area. And again, that's Entertainment Tonight, People Magazine, those outlets. And they're mainly interested in getting, you know, the photos. You see the stars on the red carpet posing and they're taking the photos and this and that and the other. And then they put some of the smaller outlets like us on another part of the carpet. So we're there and I'm like, okay, you know, we're set up on the red carpet. No, they put you behind a barricade. <laughs> so everyone's behind a barricade and you feel like a trapped animal. <laughs> <laughs> and they have like your name on the carpet, like Sports Business Radio and Premier Radio Network and, and but they're basically on top of each other. So you're like a sardine squished into a very small spot, <laughs> literally to the point where you're competing with the people next to you for people walking down the carpet. Because you know they're not going to stop and talk to everyone. And that became clear the first half an hour when people start walking by. And they act like you know they're not there to do interviews. They're there to just wave to people and walk right off the red carpet. And Griggs, you know, you've got people on there, Aaron Rodgers, Danica Patrick, Russell Wilson, all these people. And then you've got their publicists who are like pit bulls. I mean, I've worked in PR for a long time. Your client is on the carpet to do interviews. Okay. Why even show up if you're not going to do interviews? And if you ask for like one or two questions, the publicist jump. No, 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 no. They don't have time. Really? What are they here to do? Why are they even on the carpet? Why do you invite the external media? Just have Nickelodeon or just have the still photographers there to take pictures. Don't waste everyone else's time promoting the fact that Chris Paul's going to be on the red carpet. And guess what? He didn't even show up on the carpet. Danica Patrick walked about five feet and took pictures and then left. Ronda Rousey left. Michael Strahan left. Uh, none of them really stopped. So... Now we're like an hour in, and keep in mind we're on the carpet for two hours. So we're an hour in, and I'm like, oh, my God, Sophia, like, we may not get anyone to stop and talk to us. And I was really disappointed for her, 
And I was like, wow, you know, we spent money to come here. Like we are taking time out of our schedule to come here and we may leave Ofer on this. <laughs> so then I'm like, all right, it's time for the Hail Mary. Like we're, we're in desperate times here. So I let people around us know, like, all right, the one person Sophia really wants to talk to is Lindsay Vaughn. So when Lindsay comes on the carpet, you know, short of like tackling her <laughs> and getting thrown out, we need to like, you know, wave our arms and make it apparent that like, here's Sophia, cute young lady dressed up, like, you know, she'd like to conduct a thoughtful interview with, with Lindsay. So, you know, I'm waving my arms, Lindsay, and the people next to us are pointing to Sophia. And Sophia's waving to Lindsay, and Lindsay's publicist is like, no, 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 keep moving to Lindsay. And Lindsay breaks away from her publicist and comes over and talks to Sophia. And I will forever be grateful to Lindsay Vaughn. I will forever be one of her biggest fans now because she came and talked to Sophia. And not only did she talk to her, she gave thoughtful answers. She didn't act like she was in a hurry. She made eye contact with her. She was a class act. And there weren't many people like that on this carpet. And it has nothing to do with, oh, they didn't stop and talk to my daughter. They didn't stop and talk to anybody. So the funny thing is, is that on our side of the carpet, the only person Lindsay stopped and talked to was Sophia. So now all these other outlets, it was like the Super Bowl. People have their cameras hanging above Sophia as she's doing the interview. It was like she was, you know, Aaron Andrews or, or Bonnie Bernstein, like doing the interview. And everyone was getting the sound from the Sophia Berger interview with Lindsey Vaughn. So Kevin Knox, I got his attention. He's the rookie for the Knicks. I'm like, hey, we know Coach Fisdale. So he came over. Um, and, and then we got uh, a MMA star who was very sweet to, to stop. But the moral of the story is a few things. One, if you're organizing a red carpet... Don't invite the media to come if the celebrities aren't going to stop. And the PR people on the carpet enable the celebrities not to stop and the organizers enable them not to stop. If you just want to take pictures, just take pictures. But don't invite all the media outlets to come and cover it if you're not going to make the spokespeople available. I've worked as a PR person for almost 30 years. If I organize an event and I ask people to come, mainly the media... I'm going to make the people that I'm working for available to them because I know that they're coming to talk to people and interview people. If you're not going to make them available, don't waste everyone's time. And I felt like Nickelodeon wasted a lot of people's time, including ours. But it was good to see it. I know that I'll never be on a red carpet again unless it's me walking on the red carpet, which probably <laughs> won't happen. My daughter doesn't really have a desire to be in that scenario. And the thing that's crazy, Griggs... I talked to some of the other reporters who basically their gig is they're on red carpets all the time, mm. a few times a week. It's not a fun life. No. <laughs> it's not a fun life because you're, you're competing for like, you know, the people next to us, they're like, I'm being sent here by my outlet and I've got to come back with something. Yeah. I can't come back going over, but it's really hard to get someone to stop and talk to you. And if they go back with nothing, they lose their job or they get, you know, hey, that was a waste of time or you're not getting paid. And and the thing that was the funniest of all, I guess that I'll end on, and we've talked about this, is some of these Nickelodeon, like, child actors, kid actors that act like they're Julia Roberts and Robert De Niro. <laughs> Give me a break. 
I'm I need water. I need more of this. Like, really? <laughs> and and by the way, like the figure skaters, the Olympic figure skaters who you know, you hear of them during the Olympics, but then after that, they need all the publicity they can get. You're big timing people? You're saying you don't have time for interviews? It's silly because you need publicity. And again, if you're walking the carpet, why walk the carpet? And and I, I've just got to say this, and I'll probably get slammed by some people for saying this, but Danica Patrick, not a nice person. And and I, I had heard some things about her in that regard that not very cooperative, not very friendly. And she lived up to those things, had this sourpuss look on her face. I know she did the SBs the night before, but she couldn't have been less friendly. And keep in mind, you've got cameras everywhere. So people are looking at this. They're forming an opinion about her. Maybe she just had a bad day. Maybe she had a bad two days. But I had heard she was tough to work with. And she was not a friendly person on the carpet and she's dictating and ordering people around and Griggs think about it she just retired from racing a year from now two years from now is Danica Patrick going to be relevant she didn't do that well hosting the ESPYs I know that they probably won't ask her to come back and do that so the point is if I'm advising Danica Patrick I'm saying Danica be friendly Take advantage of these opportunities while you have the spotlight on you and while you're relevant. Don't be a jerk because two years from now when you're not racing and it's harder to be relevant, you're going to need those people to give you some relevance. And I don't think she helped herself with the ESPYs and she certainly didn't help herself at the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Sports Awards with how she conducted herself. So it'll be interesting to see. You know, Maybe two years from now she'll be a big star still and she'll do better in business than she did in IndyCar racing, and I'll be totally wrong. But there's a way to treat people. She didn't treat people the right way. And this has nothing to do with us because you know, it's not like we had a personal interaction with her. But uh, Griggs, there's a, there's a better way to treat people. I've worked with a lot of celebrities and I've seen the ones like Lindsey Vaughn who know how to treat people the right way and treat people with respect. And that's not what I saw from Danica. Yeah, it's uh, just hearing about your experience, too. It's like it's interesting and how people can easily taint the relationship. And they don't even like Danica. We don't know her. But right. instantly you get this sour taste in your mouth like, oh, I don't want to deal with that. But then you get Lindsay. It's the other side of it where right. she takes the time. Sophia will remember that the rest of her life. Right. She'll be a fan the rest of her life. Yep. All it takes, we've talked about this before, that one minute interaction with the celebrity. Yep. And it'll change your whole life. You'll be right. a fan. If Kevin Durant comes and talks to a kid on the court side, he'll remember that the rest of his life. Right. He'll be a fan no matter where he plays. And that's the thing. It's just these celebrities, I think, in the back of your mind, you got to think, okay, I can really change somebody's life just by going and saying hi to this person. Right. Or, you know, put it, and, and the rest of, the, rest of that person's life, they're going to be number one fan. Well, and again, you bring up a good point because when you're a celebrity, you always have to be on because someone may only have one interaction with you. Right. And that one interaction will form the opinion they have of you for your entire life. Maybe you had a bad day. Maybe something is happening in your personal life, but someone's going to form that opinion of you. And again, I had heard things about Danica before this day, so my opinion was already kind of formed, and she only reinforced it. Right. You know, Lindsay, I'd heard nice things about, and and 
she was fantastic. So that reinforced my positive opinion. So I understand the pressure that the, the athletes and the celebrities have. But first of all, realize there's cameras everywhere. So if you're walking around with a sourpuss look, you're ordering people around, you look like you don't want to be there, it tells a story. And if that happens repeatedly, people start to say, you know what? This person's not a very nice person or they're not easy to work with. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the, the, the high maintenance prima donna label is, is, and, and the no follow through is, is what I would attach to Danica. And, you know, she'll probably never come on this show now, but I'm fine with that <laughs> yeah. because I kind of wouldn't want that kind of person on the show anyways. And look, it wasn't only her that breezed through the carpet. Uh, Ronda Rousey didn't stop. Michael Strahan didn't stop. Chris Paul didn't even show up. Alex Morgan didn't show up on the carpet except for to take a few photos. So, like, if you're going to commit to being on the carpet and you're going to commit to doing interviews, just do what you said you're going to do. That's all I ask of my clients, of my daughter, and I, you know, go through that on my own. Like, if I say I'm going to do something and I commit to doing it, I better darn well do it. And if I don't, then shame on me. Mm-hmm. And you have every right to be critical of me because I didn't follow through. If you say you're going to be on a red carpet or you say you're going to show up for an event and you say you're going to do some interviews or you say you're going to do whatever and you don't do it, then people have the right to be critical. This is Sophia Berger. I'll be bringing you interviews from the orange carpet at the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Sports Awards. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Sports Business Radio is sponsored by Boingo Wireless, the largest operator of indoor wireless networks in the U.S. Today's sports fans expect strong, fast mobile connections at their favorite stadiums. Research shows that fans will leave at halftime if they cannot get connected, which is part of the reason why professional and collegiate sports venues alike work with Boingo to manage their wireless networks. As the world's leading connectivity expert, Boingo knows how to make a venue's vision for the connected fan experience a reality. They are the only company that can provide end-to-end wireless service so teams can focus on the big game, not on their network. Boingo designs, installs, and manages Wi-Fi and cellular networks at university stadiums like K-State and the University of Houston and major league venues like Soldier Field, Phillips Arena, and Vivint Smart Home Arena. We're excited to showcase how technology is changing the business of sports, led by companies like Boingo. Boingo connects you to the people and things you love, like sports. For more information, visit boingo.com or email sports at boingo.com. We are back, and it's time for Sophia Berger, my daughter, and her interviews from the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Sports Awards in Los Angeles on the orange carpet, in order, Lindsay Vaughn, who she really wanted to interview, and Lindsay was sweet to stop and talk with her. Uh, Kevin Knox, the exciting, promising young rookie for the New York Knicks, who plays for our friend David Fisdale. And Rose Namajunas, who is the UFC strawweight champion of the world, has a big following on social media, and she was also very nice. Here's the interviews from Sophia Berger. Hi, it's Sophia with Lindsay Vaughn. Hi. Um, what advice would you give to young athletes? Um, my advice to young athletes would be to just keep working hard. Um, just because someone tells you you can't do something doesn't mean that's true. You just have to keep keep fighting for what you believe in and what you're passionate about, and anything can happen. Okay, I'm 13. If you could go back in time and tell your 13-year-old self anything, what would you say? Um, that everything happens for a reason. 
So trust in the failures and learn from them and just keep working hard and it will all work out in the end. Okay, one more question. What social media platform do you use the most and why? Uh, probably Instagram. Um, but, you know, Snapchat is great because I love the filters. Um, but I don't know. I'm kind of an IG person. Thank you. Hi, it's Sophia. With how are you? What happened? Uh, I'm good. How are you? Good. What advice would you give young athletes? Uh, don't listen to nobody. Uh, as far as just reporters and ESPN websites and stuff like that, I mean, rankings don't matter. I mean, you go out there and play play hard as you can uh, and get where you want to be, you'll get there. Okay, I'm 13. If you could go back in time and talk to your 13-year-old self, what would you say? Uh, stay focused, stay in school, keep your grades up. That's really big in college. And probably just instead of playing more video games or watching more TV, I'd be in the gym working. Okay, one more question. What social media platform do you use the most and why? I use Instagram. I feel like I get my Instagram followers up, and I feel like just the Explore page and all the different things you see on Instagram, I think it makes it more fun. Thank you. Sophia here with Rose, and um, what would you, if you could give advice to any young athlete, what would you say? I would say um, that, you know, at, uh, try to have as much fun as you as you can with this, you know. Um, I think there's a lot of things that can get in the way, like the higher up you climb, there's things to, to distract you from really the main purpose, and that's just to have fun and, and to just, um, just try and get better every day. I'm 13. If you could give advice to any to your 13-year-old self, what would you say? Ooh, um, I would say. What? Oh, wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, a little distraction. Um, what was the question again? I'm 13. If you could give it 13. Um, I would say to uh, you know really just try and think about what what makes you happy and really really focus on on uh, having that be your end goal. You might not be able to uh, have the resources to just do what makes you happy all the time. There's things that you got to do that you don't always want to do. But if you have that goal in mind and and and, and always keep in mind the steps that you got to take to get there, then then you'll get there. But um, like I said, there's work and play and you got to just keep the remind yourself that there's always play. Okay, one more question. What social media platform do you use the most and why? Um, I use Instagram the most. I think um, I think uh, Facebook. I don't know. I uh, it just got to be a bit much sometimes. Like there's a little bit depressing things on there, so I try and stay away from Facebook. I, I stay away from Twitter just because like I like pictures and videos and things like that. And um, I think there's more positive content on Instagram, so I stay there. Thank you. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. Bringing you the biggest names in sports business. Without further ado, we all know this gentleman. Let's give David Stern a big round of applause. Let's welcome the president of the NCAA, Mark Emmert. Give him a hand. Let's give a big hand to USC alum and co-owner of the Lakers and president of the Lakers, Jeannie Buss. Thank you for having me. What a nice turnout. Thank you so, so much for having me, Brian. It was very, very kind, and I really enjoyed it. Thank you, sir. Sir Charles, how are you? I'm doing good, man. How you doing this morning? Today's guest is Memphis Grizzlies head coach David Fisdale. You're the man, Bart. My guest is tennis icon Chris Albert. He was very interesting. You asked great questions, so thank you very much, Brian. Pleased to welcome to the show... 
Kyrie Irving, the number one pick in the 2011 NBA Draft. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm happy to be joined by Pete Carroll, the executive VP of football operations and the head football coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Coach, how are you? Doing good. What's going on? Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. Mark, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. Visit sportsbusinessradio.com and subscribe to our iTunes podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Stay connected to the business side of sports only with Sports Business Radio. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs and Josh Blank. Thanks to Hadley Heck. She's a student athlete at Portland State University, and she's our new Sports Business Radio intern. Thanks to our friends at Boingo Wireless for powering our Sports Business Radio Roadshow. Follow them online at boingo.com or on Twitter at Boingo. Thanks to our friends at MKTG. You can find them on Twitter at MKTG. Their website is MKTG.com. They're a global lifestyle marketing agency, 33 offices in 19 countries, a leading sports sponsorship and activation agency. Make sure to check them out at MKTG.com. I want to welcome ZipRecruiter to our family of sponsors. Again, really happy to have them on board. My listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash SBR. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash SBR. Happy to have them on board. And thanks to Indochino. When I was on the orange carpet in Los Angeles last week, I had my Indochino dress shirt on. My listeners can get any premium Indochino suit for just $379 by going to Indochino.com. Enter SBR at checkout. SBR like sports business radio. Thanks to Indochino for making me look good on the orange carpet at the Nickelodeon Kids Choice Sports Awards in Los Angeles. And last but not least, thank you to my daughter, Sophia Berger. She did a great job with preparing her questions for the celebrities on the orange carpet at the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Sports Awards, and then she brought you the interviews this week. Very, very proud of her, so thank you to Sophia Berger. A podcast reminder, you can catch our show on demand via podcast. Go to iTunes, type in Sports Business Radio. We're rated in the top 50 business news podcasts. You can also find our show on Audio Boom via the TuneIn Radio and Stitcher apps, and, of course, at sportsbusinessradio.com. Follow me on Twitter in between shows at SB Radio. Follow us on Instagram at sportsbusinessradio. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio.